I just pray that I have the, the word for you tonight, that you'll have ears to hear what, what he has for you tonight, that you'll hear things that maybe I don't even say tonight. That I'm, I'm nervous and excited to be in here. You know why? Because the Lord is in this place. We're two or more gathering in his name. He's right here in the midst. And I believe that his presence is here. His strength is here. Holy Spirit is in here. And he wants to work in our hearts. And I believe that I'm going to receive something tonight, whether you do or not. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. I mean, we're almost two weeks into a new year, you know, and, and we're stepping into this new year. And, you know, we, I've done this. Hey, I've stepped into a lot of new years over the years. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, a lot of decades. You know, a lot of these New Year experiences are like benchmark moments in our lives. When we, you know, as it's, I don't know if it's part of our culture, part of our society where the New Year comes around and we start looking at something and, and start examining our hearts and looking at our lives and, and wondering, Lord, am, am I experiencing the good life? Lord, am I uh, getting more out of life? Are my priorities in proper order? Um, do I have it all? And when we think about that word all, do I, am I where I am supposed to be looking at life? Am I doing what I need to be doing in life? Am I experiencing all that I, I want to experience in life? And a lot of people, they do this and they're looking for stability. And, and it's in, in different forms. You know, it's financial stability, personal Marital stability, physical stability, spiritual stability. Lord, am I doing what I need to experience happiness? A lot of people think, man, am I happy? You know, and when you look in the mirror, uh, what do I need to do? Could I be happier than I am? And what could I do to get there? And so when people do this, and then when they're looking in these benchmark moments of their life, then they start looking at making uh, New Year resolutions, right? And, I, you know, I believe that everybody thinks about New Year's resolutions, whether they make one or not. You know what I'm saying? I believe that you think about it because you start looking at things and maybe I need to do better here and I need to do better there. A resolution is this formal expression of, of, of a decision or a purpose. And, and, you know, I've looked at all the statistics. By the first week, 20% of those are all gone. <laughs> I mean, we're two weeks in. How many of you have lost your resolution already? How many of you broke that diet? Uh, I mean, I, I was over in, in Durant today, and Durant's got some good eating places, you know, and, and those apples was getting old, just eating apples. So I broke that diet today. Kathy took me to a great restaurant over there. Man, we had a great breakfast, and, uh, and you can get breakfast there any time of the day, and it's good. And then, you know, by the first uh, month, 50% of those resolutions are gone. Have y'all ever done that? Make a resolution, and, and then in a few weeks, it's, it's out the door. And then you kind of have to face that discouragement and all that sort of thing. But listen, in order, really, the, the, the thing of it is, in order to make a change, you have to realize that there's a need. You have to realize that there's a need for change. And what happens is, is you feel this kind of a gnawing on the inside of you, this, this thing that's, that's driving on the inside. It's gnawing at you that there's something needs to change. And, and, and what I would call that is conviction. I had this conviction that I... I need to do this, or I need to stop doing that, or I, I have this thing that's churning on the inside, and I, I need to live according to my convictions. And, you know, I, I really believe that we all have convictions. Amen. Uh, and I, I think we need to be driven by our convictions according to the Word of God. And I remember someone, if I gave, him, gave you his name, you'd know who he was. And he was sharing one time about when he was a kid, and he was in teenager years, and he was going to go out on a date. And so 
he, he, was, he was a churchgoer. These kids, the girl he was asking out, they all went to the same church. And he asked her, said, would you like to go on a date? And she said, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I wouldn't go out on a date. I said, okay, um, where would you like to go? She said, well, I don't know, where would you like? He said, why don't we go to the movies? Oh, no, we can't go to the movies. Why not? Because they show these R-rated movies down there sometimes. He said, okay. He said, well, how about we go bowling? And she said, oh, no, we can't go bowling. Well, why can't we go bowling? Because they serve beer down there. And he's thinking, well, I'm not going to drink it. And, and he named off two or three other things. She, every time she said, oh, no, we can't do this for that reason or this reason. And, and he finally said, well, where do you want to go? She said, let's go parking. <laughs> said, drove out there, and there's all the other kids in church. And you know why that was okay? It's because the preacher hadn't preached against parking yet, but he preached against the bowling alley and against the movie house. And it's like... You know, and, and I believe that we all, we have these certain convictions that drive us. What we need to do is see if they line up with the Word of God. It. So it's okay to look at the things that kind of gnaw at your insides and say, okay, is that just me or is, is that truly aligned with the Word of God? Is it a good thing to do? Is it what I need to do? You know, it's okay to look at those convictions and get them in line because I know before I had walked with Jesus, I had a lot of convictions, but boy, none of them lined up with God. I had a lot of gnawing in my gut, the things I needed to do and not do, and it mm-mm, had to get the Word inside of me. So, you know, we look at these things and say, okay, could I be happier? And what should I do to, to get there? I want you to go with me to Philippians, the first chapter. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures here. And, um, I, I love this passage. And I, I love to read the Word of God and just take some time, not, I don't know how to express it, not just to study it at times, but just to read into it. I love to hear, look for the heart of Paul look to the heart of Peter and other ones that, that are in the Bible and, and look for what, what they're thinking, you know, and try to, to figure them out as well and, and, and think, well, are they like me? I mean, are they mere men like me? Or, you know, I even remember, and this is not in the notes, guys, sorry about this, but over in Philemon, when it talked about Onesimus and Paul was referring to Onesimus and asking him to receive him back and you know, Onesimus was his slave, and he took some things, and he run off. And so when he came and connected with Paul, and Paul was sending him back and with Philemon and, and said, you know, whatever he owes you, I'll, I'll take care of it. But there was one word that he said that really jumped out at me. He said, perhaps, I'm, and he said, perhaps, this had basically had to happen this way so that you could receive him back. And that word perhaps spoke to me volumes that Paul didn't have it all figured out either. He's walking with the Lord, and he's saying, God, I need you to guide me. I, I need your direction because I don't have it all figured out either, and Paul's one of the smartest guys you'll ever come across. But he did say perhaps it had to happen this way because he said, God, I'm just trusting you. There's sometimes I don't have it all figured out, but uh, I'm trusting you to guide my footsteps. But here in Philippians, we see some of the personal desires of Paul, but also we see some truth in the Word of God. So let's, let's pick it up in verse 20. Here's what Paul said. He said, for I, I live in eager expectation and hope that I'll never do anything that causes me shame. I never want to do something that would bring reproach on the ministry. That's what I'm kind of seeing. I don't want to do anything. Lord, that's just my heart's desire. But that I will always be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And that my life will always honor Christ, whether I live or I die. For to me, for to me, he said, Living is for Christ, and dying is even better. Yet if I live, that means fruitful service for Christ. I really, now listen, it's, it's really getting some good stuff. He said, really, I don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires, 
He says, sometimes, sometimes I want to live. And then sometimes I long to go and be with Christ. You ever feel that heaven beckoning you? Well, you know what he's talking about, don't you? Sometimes he's like, man, I'm, I don't want to go anywhere. I like what's going on here. I, I love living. But sometimes heaven beckons me, the glory, the magnificence of heaven. And he said, I long to go and be with Christ. He said, that would be better for me. But it's better for you that I live. I'm convinced of this. So I will continue with you. I thought, man, that's pretty positive. <laughs> I think I'll stick around. That's awesome. So that you will grow and experience the, the joy of your faith. I think I'm going to stick around and help you walk this out. I want you to see that you can grow in your faith, that you can experience joy in your faith. See, God's desire for you is to enjoy the walk, enjoy this faith walk. I know there's challenges. I know there's hard times. But he's saying, listen, I, I, I want you to enjoy this faith walk that you have, to grow in your faith. And I believe that your faith, you know, your, our faith has gotten us into the kingdom. But are we truly growing and experiencing the joy of our faith? That's a good question to ask. That's a good thing when you're facing these benchmark moments in your life to say, if you're asking yourself, okay, do I, what do I need to do? I need to lose weight or what, what? No. Am I growing in my faith? Maybe that's the first question we need to ask. Experiencing the joy of our faith. You know, I, I, so many times, and we're going to go over to Ephesians, the third chapter, and read some more. I've heard people, you know, when they get born again, of course, the things to say, hey, I, I thought I got it all when I got saved. I thought, boy, I just thought this was going to be an easier life. How many of you figured out being a Christian is not the easiest thing? <laughs> Three or four of you. Okay, y'all just, just got born again, did you? Okay. But you figured out it, it wasn't a bed of roses. That living the faith walk many times is difficult, it's challenging, and it's hard. You want to see a true man's man? See a man that humbles himself before God and say, God, without you, I could do nothing. Without you, I am nothing. To me, that's a strong man, a man of valor that depends on the Lord. Praise God. You know, in Ephesians, the third chapter, here's Paul praying for us. And he said, for this cause, he said, I, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. How can you read that and read it in other translations and not get out of there that possibly there's something more that I need to experience in God? Talking to believers, I'm praying for you. I pray that you be strengthened. I pray that you'd know the love of God. I pray that you would grow in understanding and be filled with the knowledge of God. How could we read that and not realize there's possibly more out there that we need to experience in God? That God has for us, for you. And when we look at these New Year's resolutions, instead of thinking in the realm of like losing something, let's think in the realm of gain. <laughs> when it comes to, to losing weight, instead of focusing on losing weight, let's focus on gaining health. 
I figure over the years, I, you know, I don't, I don't go to that weight loss and too much anymore because over the years I figure I've lost a couple thousand pounds and I've gained back 2020. <laughs> but I, I need to be thinking I need to get healthier. That's what I need to f- focus on. And, and if we would think about the things that we could gain in the Lord, maybe that would keep us on track more. Because if you start saying, well, I, I, I just need to be a better Christian. I just, I'm just going to have to go to church more. I've got to do better. Well, see, if you would think about all the things that God has for you, thinking, man, there's more for me to experience in the kingdom. There's, there's more. It looks good. You know, I want some of that. Maybe that'll help you stay on track more, right? Focusing on that. I, you know, because when you focus on one thing, it takes your focus off of another. How many of you... How many of you played marbles growing up? Okay. Amen. Can you remember the very day that you quit playing marbles? Do you still play marbles? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Can you remember the very day that you stopped playing marbles? I mean, you you became a teenager. That's probably when you lost all your marbles. But... (laughs) But one day you looked around and thought, I hadn't played marbles in years. Why? Because you were focused on growing up. You were focusing on, on other things. And I believe if we start focusing on the Lord and the goodness of the Lord and the good news of Jesus, that'll help us take our focus off of where we fall short. Are you with me? And you can, you can fulfill these moments in your life that you're looking to change. Now, Colossians, the first chapter, verse 9 For this reason also we, since the day that we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul prayed that we would have wisdom and understanding to know the will of God. Why? Why would He pray that for you? Because it's in those moments you live the greatest life. In the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord, that's when you're the best husband you can be. That's when you're the best wife you can be. That's when you can start receiving all that God has for you. The goodness of God. Experiencing His will for your life. It's a higher way of life. How many of you have said, maybe you've said it in the past, but you've heard it you know what? I'm just going to live my life my way. Why would you live so low? <laughs> Come on. I know when I was living my life my way, it wasn't nothing to brag and write home about. You know, you need to lose yourself and find your best friend in the Lord Jesus Christ, your best life in God. When you do it your way, you're, li- you're living at a lower level. See, God's way will always take you higher more fulfillment, greater peace and joy. Now, I didn't say it wouldn't be hard because the Bible says you endure hardship. We're to endure hardship like a good soldier. But there's more fulfillment than you could ever dream. God's will for your life. And you know, I don't know about you, there's a scripture that I found in Psalms 119 that that really helps me, starting in verse 18, because... I've had those moments when I started walking with the Lord that I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) I don't know if I can walk it out. 
And when I read the scripture, it was really my heart was in this scripture is what I was saying. And it says, David said the same thing. He said, open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your word. He said, I'm a, but a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map. You ever felt like you need a map to walk this out? Come on. I, I knew I needed a map when we started having kids. Lord, isn't there a, isn't there a book on this? <laughs> well, you know, kids raising kids. But walking it out, there's times I said, Lord, I need, a, I need a direction. I need a map. I need something I can follow that'll show me the way to go. And here he went on to say, he said, and Lord, your commands are my chart and guide. I long for your instructions more than I can tell. See, God's word will lay out the plan for your life, the victory that is yours. So I want to, tonight, you know, when you're looking at your goals and, and, and sometimes when we're, we lose sight of our goals, we can get in what I would call a rut. You know what I'm saying? And you get into this rut, this path, and I, I've been in some of those ruts. And I saw this sign online once, and it was a sign posted up in Alaska. I've never been to Alaska. I want to go in the summertime. <laughs> but it, this sign, I kept, it says, choose, choose your rut carefully. You will be in it for the next 50 miles. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that was a true-to-life sign. You, you better know where you're going, and you better choose the right rut, because that's where you're going to be for 50 miles. Kathy had gone to see her mom once when we were early on in our marriage, and, and it came a very, very heavy snow out in West Texas. There's years you don't even see a snowflake in West Texas. You know what I'm saying? In the Chihuahua Desert, you just don't see that much snow. But this one time, I've seen this twice, but once it snowed so heavy, she was 50 miles away, and I've got to go, I'm going to go pick her up. And I don't want her driving home by herself. And I started out in our car, and it was a good car. It was an Oldsmobile big old O's, but man, I soon realized that ain't the thing to have, and so I went back, turned around, back home, and got my one-ton welding truck, and went out, because I wanted to make my own pathway, I didn't want to fall into these little ruts, and no t that car be just bounced around, and you know what I'm saying, and I went, and I realized something about those ruts, I want to cut my own ruts, and I realized there's two types of ruts, when you're talking about ruts, there's some that there's, if you're out on a highway, and there's these ruts, there's some that there's no exits, you're in this rut, you're bouncing around, and it's so deep, you can't get out of it, but I need to exit right here. I need to go to the bathroom, <laughs> or whatever, you know. But then you see some of these other ruts that you're taking every single exit off, on, off, on, off, on. I'm never going to get there. So you better choose your rut carefully. You could be in it for a long time. But, you know, I really, I think about these things in the ruts of life. And listen, I'm a creature of habit. If I'm not thinking, if I'm not thinking about where I'm going sometimes, I'll end up right back like home. Kathy, she said, you do know we're going here, right? Oh, man, I forgot. I'm such a creature of habit. I just, you know what I'm saying? Same thing. Every time I just fall into that. And, but, you know, we're, we're, habit can be good. These routines and these familiar areas can bring some balance to our lives. And, and if it wasn't for that, we couldn't function in the ordinary functions of life, you know, like uh, regular meal times, especially if you've got kids, right? Regular meal times, bedtimes, sleep times, recreational times. Hey, we can't, no, we, we can't go out here and do this because you got school tomorrow, right? I mean, those really are good things to do. Those are good routines that you get into and even your social uh, schedules. 
And all of those things help us into a balanced lifestyle. But we've got to be so careful that our habits and our routines in life become ruts that carry us along unsuspectingly. You know, these routines of life can get to where it's the only thing that you're doing. Y'all follow, are y'all following me? I hope that I can clarify this and communicate it properly. There are certain things that you do. You've got to have the routine to bring balance to your life. But then there's other times in your life you fall and you get into this rut of life and you just don't realize it. But all of a sudden you're thinking like, man, I'm in a rut, man. I'm not experiencing any of this over here, any of that over there. The joys and excitements of life and spontaneity. Y'all following what I'm saying? Kathy and I were looking forward for our kids to grow up so we could enjoy spontaneity, man. If we want us to get up and go, we just get up and go. That's awesome. I love it. It's a good life. <laughs> Where was I? Okay. So, but you, 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 you can be unconscious and that, that you're running in it. Have you ever, um, and I'm, I'm just talking about these routines like this, that somewhat's like a rut. When you're going on a trip, let's say you're going on a vacation. Have you ever driven with someone that it's not about the destination? It's not about that you're going to be there for a week. It's about getting to that destination. It's not about once we get there, we're going to be there for a week. No, we got to get there. We got to get there right now. Okay. What do you mean you got to go to the bathroom? You went to the bathroom five hours ago. <laughs> we got to get there. <laughs> and man, when you're in that, you know what happens when you're so driven like that in life? These stops, any kind of stops, really aggravating. Now, see, I'm kind of looking at it. It's, it's kind of smoking here. I don't know if I saw any elbows through all of this, but. Yeah, you're like that, man. Come on, you enjoy the trip. And you know, if you have any kind of stops or if you have any detours, man, those become really frustrating, right? Are you having any of these uh, delays? It just becomes stressful. That's why I don't go through Dallas and I'm going up to, you know, well, when I came here from Brownwood, okay. I, I try not to go that direction because of all the traffic and it's stressful and I'm too old for that stress. So I go different directions. And so Kathy and I, you know, we, I really discovered once in one of these trips, I, I, I took, there's no telling how many trips back from Brownwood to Sherman over 15 years that I took. And Kathy and I were on this trip and we were going back and I knew the area. And so they were doing some road construction in this town and we we're going to have to take a detour. And I'm thinking, oh my word. I, I mean, I, I could close my eyes and get to where we were going if they didn't change the, the path, you know? And so we took this little detour in town a couple of blocks over, and we went over here, and there's this automotive store that's having a promotion. I think they were taking advantage of the rerouting, the detour, you know. Hey, they had all their stuff out on the sidewalks, and they had this guy out there with a barbecue pit and smoking and cooking burgers, and, and it's like, you know, come on in, a free burger. And so, you know what? We stopped. That was the best hamburger and to a guy, ladies, to a guy, an automotive store is like a candy store. Oh, 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 yeah. We bought, I bought a few things. It was awesome. But, you know, there was something in that that I discovered. It was like, man, the, the enrichment of a diversion, the joy of a, of a detour that we experienced that day, that life can be good if you just don't get into this rut all the time. It really spoke to me. That, you know, I, I get just on that pathway, driven, that I never see the things, the joys that can happen in life. So Kathy and I have changed a lot of that when we travel now, you know. 
uh, we've seen the value of getting out of the rut, just getting out of that mundane. And, and then we go on a trip that we, we can stop. We want to stop and shop. We want to stop and do these things. Yeah, I discovered from my granddaughter, she was asking Kathy, asking Nana, Nana, you want to go shopping? And Kathy said, well, baby, we don't really have the money to go. She said, she said, it ain't about the money, Nana. You don't have to buy anything. I thought, that is a true girl right there. That is a hundred percent girl. It's not about having money. It's the shopping, you know, just, you don't have to have money to shop. I thought that's awesome, you know, so you can stop and do all these things and, and just enjoy life. And, you know, I, I believe that we're, we need this balance between the routine and the unexpected, between the, the rut and the diversion, you know, discipline and spontaneity. If you stay in the rut all the time, life becomes bored, boring. But if you're always locked into diversion, you can miss your goals in life. So you need this balance of life and our walk out as Christians the same way. And, and I really want to look and say, Lord, what, what path do I choose today? Do I want to choose this path that's well beaten down, it's well grooved, and everybody's on it, there's no room for exit, there's no room for... Or do I want to get on this pathway to explore exciting possibilities and the leading of the Holy Spirit? And see, I didn't, I didn't plan that tonight with... with Bradley, but the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I believe he's showing me. You've you be, got to be willing to follow the Holy Spirit at times like that. And it didn't mess up anything, did it? I don't think. I, I mean, my time's running short, but it didn't mess up anything. But the Holy Spirit's moving. And what about your life day in and day out? Those times when the Holy Spirit is quickening in your heart and prompting you to pray, prompting you to pick up the phone and call somebody. How you doing? You know, those things like that. Or do you have to say, oh, i got to get this done. I'm just right here. I'm into this. That can become like a rut in your life, right? And I know that sometimes ruts can get so deep that you got to have help getting out of them, right? But listen, there's no need to get stuck in a rut in life. Man, you need to enjoy the spontaneity of life and the joys of something of following the Lord. And so listen, a couple other things. I, you know, I want to go over to First Peter the first chapter again, you know, if, if what, what are the things that we're looking for to go in the right direction? What, what are the things that we're looking for to, to make a destination? And I believe that what you've got to do is many times look beyond the immediate circumstances. I believe in a big picture view. Y'all with me? Now, you've been born again by the blood of the Lamb. The Lord Jesus Christ, your name written in the Lamb's book of heaven, right? And I know that in society right now, we've got a lot of challenges going on, right? We've got, this means yes. You've got a lot of things that are going on that in, in our, our society, in our government, and in, in all the challenges that we have. But listen, we can't lose sight that this is the dispensation of grace that you and I live in. This is the day of salvation, this is the day that prophets of old were looking forward to. They looked into the future. They knew it wasn't for them at that time, but the prophecies even spoke of a time that we live in today. They yearned to see what, was, what we're seeing today, to live in a time like you're living today. No matter how much society is getting twisted and messed up, we got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We got to keep our eyes on the, the things that God's keeping his eyes on, the things that God's doing. We're in a dispensation of grace and glory. Faith and hope and love didn't pass away with COVID. You can still lay hands on the sick and believe God for his word. 
that they'll recover. Oh, praise God. First Peter said it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but they were serving you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Even angels long to see what you see today. Set your minds, prepare your minds, be self-controlled for what God has. Choose your rut carefully. You could be in it for the next 50 miles. I, get a, I want to get across a couple more points because my time's running out. But if you go on the scripture, you'll see a place where it's on the southern border of Canaan land. It's Kadesh Barnea. That's where the children of Israel were when Moses sent out the spies to, to spy out Canaan. And, and in that place right there, there's a principle that we can learn there. And what happens is their fear and their unbelief, their fear and their unbelief became the obstacle of going in. They believed an evil report and they were afraid and they didn't believe. And now there's a scripture over in Mark, the 11th chapter, familiar scripture. Jesus answered in verse 22, them saying, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But believe those things that which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I'm relating those two because what I saw was the fear and the unbelief became the obstacle. It became the mountain they couldn't get around. They couldn't cross. They couldn't remove fear and unbelief. And here the scripture is telling you and I, it says, if you'll speak to your mountain and believe that those things that you say shall come to pass and not doubt in your heart, you'll have whatsoever you saith. And when you believe, pray, believe, when you pray, believe, and you'll have what you pray for. And he's talking about speaking to the mountain. And the, and the whole thing is not about the mountain. It's about the direction you're headed. When you're speaking to the mountain, it's not about the mountain itself. It's what you're saying is, mountain, you are in my way. I see over there. That's where I'm going. You need to know where you're going. You need to know what God has for you. Where's your faith? Where's your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ? What is it the Lord has said to you? Where is your destination? It's not about the mountain. The mountain, you're saying, mountain, you got to get out of my way because I'm going over there. The mountain is nothing. I'm not going to be detoured. I'm not going to be set aside and I'm not going around. See, even Jesus... You know, when Peter, remember Peter, Jesus was with the, the disciples and there was something Jesus was saying that he was going to do. And Peter said, oh, no, not on my watch. Mm -mm, ain't going to happen. No, what I'm around. Mm -mm, ain't going to happen. Matthew 16, and Jesus turned and said to Peter, said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art a, an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God. Now, I know there's been some teaching and I, I don't agree with all. I got my own heart toward the Lord and what I see and study. And a lot of people, that there's, I've even heard where they said, well, you know, Peter was demon-possessed right then. <laughs> he had the devil in him. No, 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 no. Come on now. Is that okay? <laughs> because when I studied this too, I saw the same word. The word here is that he became an obstacle. And I, they used the same word in the Old Testament with David with the Philistines at one point. You know, he was alongside with the Philistines at one point. And they wouldn't let him go into battle with them because he said he will become an obstacle to us. 
The same word meaning he was a type of Satan. He was a type, the same thing. He became an offense, and he, would, he could be a, an obstacle and an offense to us because he could choose then to fight on their side. Y'all see what I'm saying? Jesus knew where he was headed, and Peter was an obstacle. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, for you, you what was he said, savors not the things that be of God. What I'm asking you today, are there things that you face today that are trying to keep you from the things that be of God in your life? You're looking at the new year. You're looking at maybe, hey, Lord, what have you got for me? Where am I going? Can you see things in your life that is trying to keep God's will, keep you away from God's will for your life? You, you say, Lord, and you can see, Lord, I, I need to be over there. There's, there's where I need to be. What is the obstacle in here? What's holding you back? What's keeping you from that? Are y'all with me? Then you need to start saying, you need to get out of my way, mountain, because my destination is over there. I got my eye on the ball. In Numbers 32, again, they were referencing Kadesh Barnea. Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. Referenced again in Deuteronomy. Now, in, in Deuteronomy, I'm going to cut, cut to the chase, but in verse 16, so it was when the men of war had finally perished from among the people that the Lord spoke to me, saying, this day you are to cross over at Ar, the boundary of Moab. So the ones that, were, that believed a lie and were walking in fear that had to be dealt with. That had to be moved out of the way before they were able to go in. Are y'all seeing the picture? And that, that is the place where I'm thinking, hey, up to that point, God did everything for them. All he was asking for them at that point was to step out in faith. And so when I'm trying to relate that to my life today, I mean, I'm thinking, Lord, maybe there's some there's some things in my life, voices of doubt and unbelief that I need to let die in my life and get out of my life so that I can go over into my promised land. Amen. And maybe you've felt at times that, Lord, I'm, I know I'm not where you want me to be. This, is, this has been challenging and discouraging even. I know I need to be over there. What is it you need to let die in your life so that you can go on in? What are the things that, are, that in your life you're receiving and, and letting fear and unbelief and doubt seep into your life? Maybe it's time you let those things die so that you can go in where God has for you, right? Speaking to your mountains. And I'm thinking, you know, there are those in the Old Testament, when you read Hebrews, and I'll quit with this thought. When the, the men and women of faith, when it's talking about the men and women of faith, they had not received the tangible fulfillment of God's promises. They spoke about it. They knew it was coming. They prophesied. But they, they didn't experience the tangible fulfillment of the blessings of God. You and I have today. It's called the life of Christ Jesus in you. You got the light and life of Jesus on the inside. You got the seal of the Holy Ghost. You're able to receive the fulfillment of, of God's promises in your life. And I'm saying, man, we are the ones to receive that, the fullness of what God has for us. There are greater things for us to experience. Why not us? You should be saying, why not me? God wants me to walk in his blessings in the fulfillment of his promises. 
I'm part of this body, Lord. I'm part of it. The universal body of Christ, I'm part of it. I'm talking about you, right? I'm talking about you. Maybe you hadn't felt a part, but you're part of the body of Christ. You have a function and a place in the body of Christ. And God wants you to walk in the fullness of what he has for you. You should be saying, Lord, why not me? You lying devil. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. You're a liar and a thief. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You'll not keep me from the blessings of God in my life and where I'm going in God. That should be your prayer. That should be where you're standing and believing God in. It's time. I'm so glad the Lord showed me that about Bradley tonight. The Lord is calling. It's not calling because of his stature. He's a, he's a big old boy. Played football. But what God is calling is his tender heart. That's what God works with, a tender heart of faith, submission, and yielding to the Lord. And he's raising up warriors. He's raising up warriors to step into the front line of battle. Will you be one of them? Will you get out of your rut and say, Lord, I believe this day I'm going to follow you. I believe you've got more for me. And I'm going to allow more exciting things to happen in my life just simply by saying, yes, Lord, here am I.